This is the fourth chapter. But before I get there, I want to do something else here. How many have heard of John Calvin? Most of you have. He's given up to be one of the most brilliant commentators ever. And he's the one that started Calvinism churches. You go to Europe and you find Calvinist churches. They got a rooster on top of them. And between him and John Knox and Zwingli, they started the Presbyterian Church and became the Church of Scotland. So we're accused of being Calvinists because we believe that God is sovereign. Man is totally depraved. God elected his people before the foundation of the world. Jesus Christ died only for his people on the cross. And when God does a work of grace in you, you irresistibly come to him. And finally, you persevere in faith because you are preserved. So once you're saved, you're always saved, truly saved. Those are called the five points of Calvinism. John Calvin did not invent those doctrines. Those doctrines were adhered to long before John Calvin. John Calvin was a French priest. He was born like 1508 or something, and he lived to be 55 years old. And he, he was no doubt very, but he was a priest in the Catholic Church, but he came out of the Catholic Church not all the way. Just like Martin Luther didn't come out all the way. None of the reformers came out all the way. And that's why I have a rough time with so-called Baptists that are proud to claim they are reformers. They're not Baptists. Anyway, John Calvin hated the Anabaptists. Well, we are Anabaptists. Everyone like, in like faith and order are Anabaptists with us. Now, it's a shame that people say that Anabaptists started in the Protestant Reformation. But no, they didn't. The first one to ever be to call anybody an Anabaptist was in 253 A.D. Stephanus referred to the Novatians as Anabaptists. Well, Anna means re. Rebaptizers. All oh, those dirty, filthy, rotten people, they won't accept our baptism. Well, that's and that's who they're talking about. Now listen, I've got this book. I paid too much for it, but a long time I've had it. 
John Calvin treatises, that's articles, against the Anabaptists. Now let me show you what he's against. Hang with me just a second. Here's his first article on baptism. Now first, I'm going to read to you what the Anabaptist said. Of his day. Baptism ought to be given to those who have been instructed in repentance, who believe that their sins have been blotted out by Jesus Christ, and who want to walk in his resurrection. Consequently, it ought to be ministered to those who request it for themselves, not for infants, as is done in the Pope's kingdom. Would you all agree with that statement? Amen. We'd have to. All right. Here's what John Calvin says. That is what they say. But I reply, first of all, that infant baptism is not a recent introduction. What's that got to do with the price of eggs in China? nor are its origins traceable to the papal church. That's Catholic. I don't know why I would say that, because it is. First, for I say that it has always been a holy ordinance observed in the Christian church. Really? There is no doctor, however ancient, who does not attest that it has always been observed since the time of proving the foolishness of that statement. Then you go on and read his justification, uh, let's see, I'm not going to take time to read it all, but I mean, you see, how foolish. This man's supposed to be intelligent. He's, he's a fool. Now, we're going to get into Ephesians 4, and let's see here. Verse I don't know what verse we left off with. Seven? Verse eight. He ascended up on high. We know Christ ascended up on high. He did when he ascended up on high. He led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. He took some with him. We believe that explains hell, Hades, being the place before the resurrection, and paradise being the place of comfort before the resurrection. That's where Lazarus went to. And the rich man went to hell. In Hades, that's the word Hades in the Greek, he lift up his eyes being in torment. But when Jesus led captivity captive, 
I think that explains why in Matthew, we see at the resurrection of Christ, there were, doesn't say how many, there were numerous saints that came up out of the graves and walked the streets of Jerusalem. What happened to them? I think he led captivity captive. I think, why did he do let that happen? It was for a purpose. It kind of gives me a thrill. I don't know about you. Anyway, and he gave gifts unto men. He ain't talking about Christmas presents. He's talking about spiritual gifts. Now that he ascended, went up, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? That's not hell. As the, the so-called Apostles' Creed says that Jesus went to hell when he died on the cross to finish paying for our debt, for our sin debt. Who do you owe it to? Satan had nothing to do with our redemption. Jesus Christ paid the sin debt owed to the justice of Almighty God. And it was complete on the cross. He didn't leave the cross and go finish it. And I've heard Baptist preachers preach that. And I call it heresy. He died for our sins on the cross of Calvary. And he said, it is finished. That is everything that had to be done to pay for all of the sins of all of his people. It was teleos, brought to an end on the cross. Now, he ascended up for, for let's see, the lower parts of the earth. That's great. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens. That he might fill all things. That might tell you something. Far above all heavens. How far up is the abode of God? <laughs> Way up yonder. That he might fill all things. What does he not see from up there? Anyway. And he gave some apostles. That means sent ones. He called twelve. One of them was a devil. That's God's business. We didn't know that. The other apostles didn't know that. As far as they were concerned, he was just like they were. They didn't know his heart. Judas was a devil from the beginning, but only God knew that. Now, then Matthias was chosen by the church to be the replacement for he fell from his prophets and some evangelists that literally is gospelizers, people who go and preach the gospel, and some pastors, teachers. You could put a slash mark between pastor and teacher. The pastors are the teachers. And that's why all of the teachers in the church are supposed to be in harmony with the pastor of the church. Amen. Unity. Now, and all of this there are no more apostles. There are no more prophets. Our ministry, Richmond Road Baptist Church and every true church, our ministry is apostolic. Amen. 
We've got everything from the apostles that God intended us for to have in the scriptures. We've got everything from the prophets that God ever intended us to have from the prophets in the Old and the New Testament. And then he says, this is all for the perfecting of the saints. I am saved, but I'm being saved, and I shall be saved. Every, every one of those are true. My salvation is in Christ. Amen. But I, I was saved from the guilt and penalty of all my sins. But now I am being saved from the power of sin in my life. And ultimately I will be saved from the presence of sin when I have my resurrected body and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Then our salvation will be totally complete. It is complete in one sense. But it is still working right today. Now. For the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. Are these gifts, here's some of the gifts that he gave right here. And they are for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, ministering the word, the work of the ministry, and the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, Jesus' body does not need edifying by us. And we can hardly, edify means build up. Edifice is a legitimate word for a building. Edifying is building. Jesus does not need edifying. But now the body of Christ, the church, the individual assembly, must be edified. And we can do it, we can tear it down if we want to suffer the consequences. A church of the Lord can be destroyed. They're destroyed all the time. They shut their doors and sell the buildings all over the place. They've about done every one of them in England, and now it's happening here. We see them shut the doors all the time. Oh, people won't support them, people won't come, people won't honor God with them. So any church that is in existence needs to be edified and built up. How do we do that? We're faithful to it. We attend its services. We participate in the ordinances, baptism, the Lord's Supper. Somebody gets baptized. We ought to make sure we're here to witness it and be here for it. We take observe the Lord's Supper. When we observe the Lord's Supper, you're here and you have yourself in order and you take the Lord's Supper with us. That's what I'm talking about. We support the church. We don't forget it. You see, I want this to be done. I get past going. Whatever money I've got, I want it to still be tithed and given to the church. I, when I get past going, I ain't going to join another church. I'm going to be loyal to this church. And when I die... I want what I've got, whatever it is, I want it to be tied to this church. Amen? Amen. 
that destroys us. I'm still, whether I'm able to attend or not, and I'm sick and I can't come, I'm still a member of this church. And that's till we all come in the unity of the faith. He ain't talking about the world. We can't come in the unity of the faith with the whole world, with churches all over the world, as they say, the universal invisible, the universal visible. We can't do that. We don't have that capability. He's talking about this one body. We're, we're the body of Christ. Jesus the head, the Holy Spirit, the administrator, pastor, the overseer, and the, the congregation is the, the authority. Amen. And coming in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, that requires teaching. Members need to, to give themselves to learning what the Bible says unto a mature person. He's not talking about men here. He's talking about human beings. You see, in the, in the Greek, there's two words. Well, actually, more than that. But the word for woman is gune. Where do you get gynecology from? That's from the Greek word gune. The Greek word for man meaning male species like us, is honor. And both those words are used some in the New Testament. But then there's another word, anthropos. Means human beings, men and women alike. And you, if you understand that, this is not a problem. But if, as so many in our day are, they're, they're ignorant of a, a dictionary. They don't know that a dictionary, you go to and find out what words mean. They're too ignorant to use it, or too lazy, or whatever. But anyway, unto a perfect, mature human being, not man, human being, Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Well, what is the stature? His standing, who he is. And the measure is him. Woo, we got something to do, don't we? To measure up to him. Huh. That's a big charge there. And all that, so that we henceforth from now on, to the rest of our lives. How long is it going to be? I don't know. However long it's going to be. That we henceforth. Be no more children. Ain't a thing wrong with children. But there is something. Pathetic. Sad. An adult. That is still childish. Now there are some that are born that way that don't have the mentality. And that's pathetic. That's sad. But I see that we've got adults, bukus of them, that do not act any better 
than bad children. He said that we be no more children, that we be spiritual adults, mature in the faith. That's what our one of our big purposes of being here at the church is. And how are they? Tossed to and fro. Some days they're this way and some days they're that way. And cared about with every wind of doctrine. Now we hear these guys saying, well, you no longer need to worry about this part of the Bible. You no longer need to worry about this part of the Bible. Just take this and don't worry about the rest of it. No man has a right to tell God's people that. No man alive has a right to tell God's people that. This is the whole, this is the word of God. Every word is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable. Including the book of Revelation. All of it. And that, that wind of doctrine blowing about it by the slight of men. You know what slight is? You take the old carny, got the shell game, got a pea under the shell, you know, a green pea or something. You got the shells there, you put it down there, where is it now? And then you make bets about it. And he's always got it somewhere where you ain't. That sleight of hand is what that is. And he said, by the sleight of men, by the deception and cunning craftiness. Now, craftiness over there in 1 Corinthians, it means doing anything. Cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. They're out there to deceive you. Just because they've got preacher on their name, brother, reverend, doesn't mean they're for you. There are plenty of them that are out there that fulfill verse 14. He said, but for us, speaking the truth in love. Yes, we must speak the truth in love, but now much of the truth we preach you can't sweeten it up very much. Just a limit to how you can. May grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ. And Christ is the head of what? His body. And it's from him. He said he's above all heavens that he might feel all. He said... Whom the whole body fitly joined together. Brother Paul Kirkman said, not joined together to have fit together means they fit. You fit. And you see, if God adds to the church, then they'll fit. Amen. If you add somebody to the church, they ain't going to fit. If I add them, they're not going to fit. If God adds them, they'll fit. And compacted by that, 
whichever joint supplied. Now, I can't give you a rundown on that. Dr. Minton can in his uh, CD or DVDs. But these joints are very important. It never grows. Can you imagine it growing? God knew what he was doing. But he said those it makes increase of the body. The whole body must grow together. Verse 17. This I say therefore. And testify in the Lord. That y'all. Ye. Second person plural. Henceforth from now. Walk not. As other Gentiles, that's because they're Gentiles. Other Gentiles means they're Gentiles and they're Gentiles. But you don't want to walk as other Gentiles walk because they walk in the vanity or the emptiness of their mind. They having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, cut off from God, through the ignorance that is in them. It's not in us. It was in us. Why do you think. That they come up with these theories. Why would John Calvin. Say the things he says. Try to prove that God did not. The earth in six literal 24 hour days. Look at what they've done. They have moved the world back. To 15 plus billion. You look at that little period. That's a special kind of stupid, isn't it? You got to be, have, be that stupid. You say, well, doctors, oh, I don't care. The Lord didn't say if they've got a doctor's degree, they don't have that ignorance in them. He didn't say that at all. They've got that ignorance in them. And hate is God. His word, and they are not going to have it. So now they would rather say that everything exploded from nothing. Well, isn't that dot nothing? I mean, it's next to nothing, isn't it? And then billions of years later, it rained on rocks. And rained on rocks. And pretty soon that scum oozed down into the scum pond. And millions of years later, little creatures developed. And don't you know that ultimately they became sponges? And other assorted things. And I guess they got tired. And they crawled up on the shore. And they. They evolved legs. And they walked on all fours. Became monkeys. And then they went to the trees. And that's what Spurgeon said. The evolutionist prayer ought to be. Our father which art up a tree. And then one day they got tired and they swung down by their prehensile tail. 
And little by little, over the hundreds of thousands of years, they got up off all fours and started walking straight. And thus became Homo sapiens. Tell me how many people believe that garbage. Hundreds of millions of them. With some of them with more than three or four doctor's degrees. I mean, they've got the intelligence of this world, but that doesn't change a thing. It is the ignorance that is in them and their hatred of God, rebellion, and that's what it's all about. Because of the blindness of their heart. Who? Now he's talking about that other bunch of Gentiles. Being past feeling. Being past feeling. Look over 1 Timothy 4. Verse 2, <clears throat> speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Now, if anybody ever watched The Outlaw Josie Wales, anybody ever seen that movie? I can't believe this. You all saw it? All right. Now, do you remember when Josie Wales, they're about to be attacked, by the Indians. And Josie Wales is going to get back on his horse because he's a guerrilla fighter. He figures he can do more good on his horse. He gets them all set up, Granny and all of them, set up with guns. And they're going to shoot. Got them in the little cross things, the windows. Guns out there, guns by the fire. And they've got to reload the guns, many of them one shot. They keep on loading them, and, I, and they're doing a good job. But here's what he told them. If anybody gets shot, he says, slap iron to it. <laughs> anybody remember that statement? He meant hot iron. Because you know what that does? It cauterizes that wound and stops the bleeding. I've been cauterized. I had met esophagus. I had a hole in my belly. And I was bleeding to death. And they had to go down in there. And they, I don't know what they did, what kind of instrument, but it went down my throat and it cauterized that hole in my belly that the medicine had eaten and stopped the bleeding. I'm thankful for that. But that, that's an old remedy. But here Paul makes it sound like they have seared a conscience. Well, now your conscience is not a uh, physical organ. Your conscience is something that everybody, to one degree or another, has in, when they're from birth. And unless you mess with it, when you do something bad, your conscience gets on you. But now you can mess with it 
you can insist on sin, immorality, even worse, murder. I heard an interview of a serial killer. He was a hitman. And uh, I forget who was interviewing, but it was on national television. And he explained no, no emotion at all. The first one he killed was, it bothered him. The second one, not nearly as much. And by the time it was the third and the fourth one, didn't even suffer anything over it. You know what he had done? He had seared his conscience with a hot iron. Well, that's what he's saying. We don't want to be in that capacity. Uh, being past feeling is what he was saying. They have given themselves over uh, to lasciviousness. Lasciviousness is uh, sexual immorality unleashed. To work all uncleanness with greediness. You know, I just have to say, that looks like a report on the modern world. We go out and that's what we see. Lasciviousness, uncleanness, now that means just, that's just literally acatharsis. Uncleanness, dirty, filthy, and greediness. Gimme, 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 gimme. It's all there. Ah, but Paul says to the church at Ephesus and to every other church of like faith and order, but you all have not so learned Christ. How did we learn Christ? It wasn't like all that. It was the exact opposite of all that. So that's where we're headed. At least we're supposed to be headed to that direction. He says, that's true. You've not so learned Christ. If so be that you have heard him. Now it's possible to hear him and never hear him. If so be that you have heard him, have you listened to him? Has he spoken to you through his word? And you have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. He's talking about truth. So that you put off now, if he tells you to put something off, you've got the ability to put it off. So, well, I can't help myself. I can't change. Well, if you really mean that, you're not saved. Save, a, a life of a saved person is a constant change. Until we get out of this flesh, that you put off Concerning the former conversation, and that word again means conduct. It involves conversation 
but it's conduct, your overall conduct. Put off concerning the former conduct, the old man. Now those words just mean what they say, only that's not on air, that's anthropos, the old man or the old woman, whatever the case is. Don't, ladies, don't think you're excluded from that because you're not. And that old man or that old woman, which is corrupt huh, according to the deceitful lust. It's, it's corrupt and it just keeps on corrupting. Worse. Uh, and Isaiah said, though your sins be as scarlet, double dyed. He said, put off that old man, that old woman. And look at verse 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That's not the Holy Spirit. The spirit of your mind. Now here's the thing. We've got in our battle with the flesh, we've got a mind to battle. He said, be renewed in the spirit, the whole attitude of your mind. Be renewed in it. You're no longer one of them. That other bunch of Gentiles, you're no longer one of them. You are not to relate to them. You're only to relate to the Lord Jesus Christ and all of his teachings and his people that are following his teachings. We're not to relate to them. Doesn't mean you can't speak to them, but we're not one with them. It's a mental battle. I use an illustration of this. I smoked like a chimney way back in about 19 67 I was a fireman and I smoked three packs of regular camels every day and if we were out fighting fire all night I have opened my fifth pack. We had a fire on uh, 3rd Street. Congleton Lumber Company had a, a tornado or high winds and lightning. Lumber yard caught on fire. We made that run. I had a fellow, Jim Thompson, and we had... They called them a monitor, like a big cannon, but it's a water cannon. It's a big chrome thing, and you got you crank it around, and you could put two or three, maybe four, supply lines to it. And it puts out the water, shoots it a long way. The whole night, we got there about 11 o'clock at night, and you couldn't see that end of town. It was covered with smoke, black smoke. 
And the only duty we had that night, our captain told us, you keep that propane tank, a giant propane tank, up on stilts. That fire's blowing back this way. So you can imagine all that uh, smoke. And he said, you keep that fire from making that tank blow. And that's all we did. I never saw his face, and I'm this close to him. That's how much smoke we were under. But I'm telling you, and I'm not exaggerating. Under my coat, I smoked a pack of camels that night. We had no mask on. We didn't have masks in those days. Uh, I had one to a truck, and you didn't dare put it on. It'd ride you to death. I ate all of that lumberyard smoke. In addition, I smoked a pack of camels. You think I wasn't killing myself? Well, now listen. I determined when the Lord called me to preach, no way could I be a preacher and still hanging on to those stinking things. So I determined in my mind, I've got to quit. Now I had it bad. I tried to slow down, I couldn't. But I said, Lord, you've got to help me. I've got to get rid of these things. It was on a Sunday, number eight fire station. I took my last pack of cigarettes and wadded it up. And I threw it in the trash can. Nobody knew I did it. I didn't say anything to anybody. But I quit cold turkey. But let me tell you the battle I had to fight. You say, well, the Lord took them away. Lord didn't take them away from me. I didn't lose that craving. Not at all. Matter of fact, six months I didn't lose that craving. Here's my battle, mental. I no longer am a smoker. I'm not a smoker. I would wake up in the middle of the night sweating, having a nightmare that I was smoking. But I had a mental battle. I think he's talking about that mental battle that we need to renew the spirit of our minds that I am a child of God and I can no longer live like that. I don't know whether you agree with me or not, but I think I'm right. Yeah. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. We'll take that up next.